well. Empower 2022. I'm excited uh, as we enter this month of February. Many years ago, um, we started to have a Holy Spirit conference. It was uh, born out of a love that I have for the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. When I was 13 years old and uh, in my home church, I had a powerful, life-changing encounter with the Holy Spirit. He came. He was so real to me. It was so, uh, so amazing to me that um, it changed my life. It, it kept me safe. It kept me on, on a, a pathway that led to where I am today, but kept me out of the ditches where so many of my contemporaries ended up. And I just loved the, I loved the, the, the power and the presence and the, the working and the word of the Holy Spirit. I, I began to become quite concerned that the church in general was wandering away from the imperative command that Paul gave to the church when he said, be filled and keep on getting filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And so we started a conference, and for many years, uh, it, was, it was a weekend that was packed with, with a highlight on the work and the person of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. I remember in those early years, it was small. We, we could have fit everybody into maybe just the first three rows of the, of the sanctuary here, and, and it grew, and and evolved, and it changed, and it eventually became one of the highlights in the calendar of our church. We came to the pandemic, and last year we were wondering, what would it look like this year? Maybe we should postpone it and do it later on in the year. Maybe we can have the regular thing later on. But we, we, we felt God gave us an idea that instead of having it in one weekend, we would have it over the four weekends of February, bringing in a local speaker each Sunday uh, to speak to us. And so last year we had four great, wonderful speakers over the course of the month, and it was a very positive experience. Uh, the feedback that we got was that people loved the Sunday format in that it gave them time to, to process the information that came to them at, that was shared over the course of the month rather than furiously taking notes over four services in one weekend and in the hope of getting everything that had been shared in those, those close-packed days. So it really wasn't a conference anymore. It was, it was more a month-long emphasis, and it was an important one that meant a lot to us. And so we decided to do it again this year exactly like that. And uh, rather than call it a conference, we have branded it Empower. And, and that word comes out of the book of Acts, the first chapter, where the disciples were told by Jesus to wait in Jerusalem until they had been clothed, until they had been empowered with the power of the Holy Spirit, till they were outfitted with the ability that the Holy Spirit would give them to be witnesses in their city, in their region, and in fact around the world. Empower. And so today I want to prepare you for Empowered 2022 that begins here next Sunday. The emphasis that I have felt that we are to have this year was on the ability that we have with the help of the Holy Spirit to, to hear the voice, hear the direction of God. The, the instruction, the up-to-date current 
timely word that God wants to speak to you, speak to me, uniquely wants to speak to our church, especially in these very unique times. So I wanted to find people that I knew, people that I trusted, people that I know hear God, who could come and share out of a very practical, personal experience, speak to you over this next month. So I've invited four of my friends to come as speakers. Half of them are pastors, half of them are not. Half of them are young, and half of them are more experienced. Half of them, no, that's enough halves, okay? All of them have amazing stories and an ability to to let their story be told in a way that will help you learn to hear clearly what the Spirit is saying both to you and to us as a church. Let let me introduce to you my friends. Uh, Next Sunday morning, I am so pleased and honored to have Dr. Charles Nienkirken here with us. He is the Professor Emeritus of Christian History and Spirituality at Ambrose University. We first got to know him when Catherine was a student there and took several classes with him during her time there. And then David went and he took classes. And and we as a family ended up going to a night class of his prayer paths. And we loved every minute of it. And he... He's founded a travel program that takes people to significant places of Bible and Christian history around the world. And uh, my my family has been a a part of that. Uh, I've never been able to go, but David's been on four trips with him to four different continents. Debbie and Catherine have been on two uh, trips with him, and they have loved every minute of it. You will enjoy Charles very, very much. We love him. We, we know him. We know that you will love him too. And, and he will make you laugh, and he will make you think, and he will make you hungry for more of God. And that starts next Sunday. Then the second Sunday of February, one of my dear friends was James Thomas. He was a longtime prayer partner of mine, and we, we would start off every year together by setting aside three weeks throughout the year where we would get together and we would pray, pray and fast for an entire week. We'd take turns going to his church, coming to my church. We'd start off the day by, by just, he'd walk through and I'd have questions for him. He says, we're not doing anything till we've prayed in the Holy Spirit for two hours. That was a good discipline for me. And then we would start to go through the word and we would pray and we would pray for our families and for our church and for, for our times and for our city. And uh, he passed away a few years ago and I've missed him very, very much. However, his wife and his daughter continue to be very dear friends of mine. And the second Sunday in February, his daughter, Mary Ellen Hartman, James's daughter, will be our guest. She is uh, in an administrative position. She's a nurse, but in an administrative position. And and more importantly, she's a mom to four wonderful children who love and follow Jesus. She was born to her parents while they were giving leadership to the Jesus People movement here in town 
in the early 60s through, through to the 70s. And uh, she grew up with parents who knew God, who heard God, who followed his instruction. James and Janelle had a, an amazing ministry here in the city as well as in the nation of the Ukraine. And Mary Ellen is her own unique person, but she's strong in the training that she received at home on being a woman who hears, who knows God. And, and you're going to love her perspective. You're just going to love her. She's articulate. She's deep. She's joyful. She's committed to following Jesus, and she's going to bring a depth and an understanding that you will really, really appreciate. Then on the third week, um, Noah Mogese, who's a dear friend and former schoolmate of my son David, uh, they played basketball together, and uh, quite often I would be driving the team, and it was... I. I don't know, maybe the end of the year before I even knew that Noah had a voice. He, he just was a quiet, quiet young man. Um, but he has remained one of my son's dear friends, and that friendship has grown stronger. Uh, his father, Workne, is uh, a pastor here in town and, and leads the, a very vibrant, strong, growing Ethiopian congregation here. Uh, but Noah and his wife are launching a church plant this year, and it's built, it's designed, it's made for young adults. And uh, I, I want him to come, and I want him to talk about how he heard God talk to him about planting a church. I, I want him to, to talk about what this crazy time of COVID means to him when he's had to postpone and move and change and be very flexible. Noah works uh, full-time at a car rental agency, and he's a leader in his workplace, but he's also grown a sizable and significant core group of young adults to lead and move into some challenging territory uh, over these next few weeks. And I, I want him to tell you the story of hearing Holy Spirit speak to him. And the final speaker uh, needs no introduction here. Uh, he, he's been a friend for two decades, and he has been a frequent speaker in this house. Graham Fletcher is coming back, and I know that that will be exciting for you who have known him. Uh, he's loved and treasured by this house. He and his wife, Patty, are the C3 pastors in Vancouver. He's been a traveling prophetic voice that's been welcomed and invited into many houses, many streams around the world. He's a very dear and trusted friend to both Debbie and I. He's loved by our kids. He's loved by my staff, and he's loved in this house. He, he will speak on Sunday morning here uh, at the church, and then we will have an evening that night, the, the last Sunday in February. We will have an evening of ministry time, and that will close out our Empower Month. I'm so excited about having Graham here, and if you haven't heard him, if you haven't seen him before, you're going to want to be there for those services because they're always, always meaningful. I'm very excited about the month that's in front of us and, and who's coming to speak, but I'm even more excited by what I want you to pick up over these next 28 days of February, the mandate of our time together. The theme for our month is taken from a verse in Galatians chapter 5. 
It's an important passage where Paul speaks to the Galatians about the role of the Holy Spirit and that he invites them to give the Holy Spirit full access and say in their lives. He he starts the section with, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. He he desires to, to steer you away from the things that are distractions, he, he will empower you so that you don't fulfill the sinful desires of your nature. Paul then goes on and he explains that one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is that he, he replicates, he, he builds into our character the very characteristics of God. Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He desires, and if allowed to do his work, he'll restore the image of God back in our lives. We were made in his image, and he wants to restore that picture, that, that likeness of God. But, but then we get to this one short sentence in, in this, this powerful chapter, Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. And, and it captures the vision of what we want February to look for, like for you as an individual, for me as an individual, for us as a church family. It reads this way. Since we are living by the Spirit, Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us live, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Since the Holy Spirit is leading us, since He's guiding us, let us follow, let us submit, let us adhere to the Spirit's leading in every aspect of our living. Have you used the application in your phone that is called Maps? The application where you punch in the destination that you're wanting to get to, and magically you're guided from where you are to where you want to be by this kind, gentle voice that you get to choose, and and, and he he or she gets you from where you are to where you're going. In 900 meters, make a left turn. Stay in the right lane. In those those instructions, continue until you hear the voice say, you have arrived at your destination. It's amazing. It saved our marriage. (laughs) It's just a miracle every time. I, I have some very deep scarring memories from my childhood of of my father driving in an unknown American city while my mom in the dark attempts to both give timely directions from a a paper folded map and keep three or four kids in the back seat quiet. I, I remember the horrifying words that made you just tense up when my mom would say in a quiet little voice, I think we were supposed to turn back there. All was not peace and joy in the Olsen car when that happened. 
Paul says that when we live in connection with the Holy Spirit's leadership, when we listen to his voice in any and every part of our life, he will get us to our destination in every part of life and living. That means you have to believe. You have to believe that, that God is, is someone who, who speaks to you, who's not only aware of your circumstances, but is interested in every detail of your circumstance. It means that you have to believe that God speaks, that God speaks to you about the details of life and, and that you are important to him and that he can answer the questions that arise in your journey. It means that in a noisy, chaotic, confused world where, where there are so many options, where, where we can continue to stir, search the spectrum of news until we find a, a voice that, that sees the world from our perspective, that, that if we choose, there is a true signal, a voice from heaven that will lead us, will guide us in a path that we should go in every part of our life. In our life as believers and as followers of Jesus, as, as students, as employees, as, as people of business, as, as parents of, of children in a household, as, as creatives or people who have mechanical abilities, God wants us to follow the leading and the instruction of the Holy Spirit. I was fairly new in this church 30-some years ago when I sat down with a wonderful man who makes this his church home, Elkins Robinson. And we were talking. I had just been reading through Galatians, and we were talking, and, and, and he told this story about how he worked when a mangled mess of a car was brought in front of him, and he had to straighten it out and make it whole again. I remember him saying that he would have the car and when it was brought in front of him, he would put his hands on the car and he would walk around it and he would slowly just pray as he walked around and as he prayed, God would give him, well, start here and then do this and it would give him a step-by-step -step way of, of bringing the car into alignment and wholeness and and, and looking restored. It, it made him fast. It made him efficient. It made him a valued employee because Holy Spirit would guide him in that process. I, I believe that God wants to speak to you, wants to speak to me, wants to speak to all of us in that way about our lives, about the circumstances in our lives. I'm asking that as a church family, we would take out the book of Acts during the month of February. There's 28 chapters in it, 28 days in our, in our uh, month of February. And that we would go through and we would highlight the work. We would highlight the words. We would highlight the direction of the Holy Spirit throughout the book. And that we would come prepared. We would come hungry. We would come desiring to hear God give us direction. We will see people there who were filled and living in the power of the Holy Spirit and allowing him to, to lead in every part of their lives. We will see what it means to have the Spirit leading us every day, 
all the way through, through whatever we face. In, in chapter 5, we have the Holy Spirit speaking clearly to Peter. The book of Acts, we have the Holy Spirit speaking very clearly to, to Peter about a deceit that has been hatched secretly in the heart of two people in his church. There had been a spirit of generosity that had been unleashed in the church. It came out of, out of God's work in their heart, and it's strongly evident in that house. But Ananias and Sapphira, wanting to get in on the, the fame of being big givers, sold a piece of property and decided in their hearts that they would bring part of the gift and give it as though they were giving the whole thing. Now, they had the choice. It wasn't that they... They couldn't just give part of it. That, that wasn't a mandate that they gave it all, but it was that they had decided in their heart to lie. And, and they come in, and as they come in, they, they say that this is the proceeds that we're giving to the church. It's, it's all that we got. But, but Peter hears the Spirit of God speak to his heart that that's not true. And Peter stands up and he speaks and he says, Ananias, why have you let Satan so fill your heart? You have just lied to the Holy Spirit. You have kept some of the money to yourself. At the end of that day, both the man and his wife are removed and buried in the backyard. And the, and, and the entire church was seized with this powerful sense of fear, of respect, of awe of who God is. And it came over all of them, and it came over uh, those that were watching them, those that were on the outside, and, and, it, and it was a people that were careful from that moment on as to how they lived their lives, that they lived and they walked in integrity. Peter is given helpful, powerful insider information so that the church would remain strong and full of integrity. It, on several occasions, Holy Spirit shows up to prepare the church or to prepare individuals for, for what's coming up, what, what's ahead. Gives clear direction on, on where to go. In, in chapter 8, a man named Philip is directed to a specific place. Holy Spirit says, go now south of Jerusalem on the desert road to Gaza. And it says that he left immediately. And when he gets there, he finds out that his assignment is to encounter an Ethiopian who believed in the God of the Jews and was the minister of finance for the queen of Ethiopia. And he ends up leading this man to the Lord and baptizing him in the water because he heard what the Spirit said to do today, now. Chapter 9 is a, is a man who is given an important message to deliver. He, he's a disciple. That's all it says about him. But it says, living in Damascus was another believer named Ananias. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision and called his name Ananias. It's a different Ananias, not the one that's buried in the backyard, but it's a, it's a different one. And, and Ananias answers, yes, Lord. And the Lord said, go at once to the street called Abundance and look for a man from Tarshish named Saul and you will find him at Judah's house. And he was praying and, and he saw in a supernatural vision a man named Ananias coming to lay hands upon him to restore sight. But Lord, Ananias said, Many have told me about this terrible persecution of those in Jerusalem who were devoted to you. In fact, the high priest was author, has authorized him to seize and imprison all those in Damascus who call on your name. 
And the Lord Yahweh answered him, Arise, go, I have chosen this man to be my special messenger. He will be brought before kings, before many nations, before the Jewish people to give them the revelation of who I am. And I will show him how much he is destined to suffer because of his passion for me. He gives the address, gives the message, gives the timing. Since we are led by the Holy Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. You may have been raised with either an understanding that we're here on our own to figure it out the best we can, or that, that God doesn't speak specifically, doesn't give information, doesn't give leadership to our situations. But, but that's not the way Jesus deals with us. That's not what Jesus teaches us as believers. In, in your reading this month, I'd love for you to go to John chapter 14 and John chapter 16 and, and again be familiar with what the Holy Spirit does, what his mandate is. The Holy Spirit will lead you. He will guide you, not just generally, but specifically. He will open doors that you had no idea would ever open to you. He will close doors that you might have thought were essential, but it's for your own good. He, he will take you to specific addresses. He will bring you to divine appointments with people. His guidance is what he does best. He, he will teach you, the Bible says. He will teach you to think and to hold on to kingdom principles, kingdom mindsets, instead of just accepting the values of the world. You will hear, you will know that God's ways are higher than your ways. Always. That his wisdom is comprehensive. That it's complete. And where ours is sort of like looking through dark glass. Trying to guess at what's on the other side. He will speak. The next thing is he will remind you. I don't know about you. But I'm starting to have those little moments where I can't remember. I'll be sent to the store, and if I don't have a comprehensive list, I'll get home and somebody will be disappointed. I'll get to the store and I'll forget which pocket the, the list is in, and it'll take me a while, but if I have the list, I'm okay. And, and, and Jesus' understanding says, he will remind you, he, he will... Quite often I'll, I'll, I'll face something and I'll forget a step or I, I'm not remembering a concept or a principle when I'm under the pressure of a now situation. And God's Holy Spirit will remind me of what is important, what is crucial on the way. He will speak and I will remember. The Holy Spirit will show you the future. Th that could mean prophetic sense of, of what's going to happen worldwide, and I believe that happens more frequently than we understand. But I believe that he's speaking to us as individuals, that it is practical and helpful to our unique situation as well, that he will prepare us, that he will show us what's just around the corner so that we're prepared, we're not ambushed, we're, we're not caught off guard by circumstances or by enemies. He will show you what is up ahead so that you are prepared. 
This is something that moves me every time that I, I confront this truth. Jesus says to his disciples that I'm going to be away from you. I'm going to be at the right hand of my Father, and so we won't be able to see each other face to face, but I will send you the Holy Spirit, and, and he is going to be with you even as I have been with you, and the, he, the Holy Spirit, will speak my words to you. So I'm connected. I'm, I'm direct communication with the heart and the voice of Jesus. When I got up this morning and when I was in my little office at home and was praying for this service, I felt Holy Spirit say, Bill, don't worry. This is going to be a good service. I've got the day under control. The Holy Spirit was just repeating to me what he had heard in heaven the Holy Spirit say about me and wanted delivered to me. Doesn't that amaze you? That Jesus said, Holy Spirit, make sure he knows this this morning. I love that. I love that. And, and he's not just concerned about my pastoral abilities this morning. He's concerned about your work tomorrow. He's concerned about your children this week. He's concerned about all of those things. Follow the Spirit's leading in every part of your lives. Hmm. I've not perfected or mastered the art, the discipline of following the Spirit's leading in every part of my life. But I need you to know I count on it every single day. I'd like to share with you some of the examples, just chosen at random, some of the examples from my life and my experience here in this church. This happened many years ago. I was in our backyard and I was cutting the lawn. And as I was cutting the lawn, some of my family are saying, you were cutting the lawn, really? I don't believe it. I was cutting the lawn. I was cutting the lawn. But I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, uh, you're going to have a bit of an upset in church tomorrow. Oh. And um, there's going to be a disruption, and I want you to be prepared there had been an individual who had been asked by the leadership here to limit the way that they were participating in the services because they were causing problems. They were causing pain to others because of the problem and the pain that they were going through personally. And they weren't processing it well and, and they weren't ready or willing to deal with the pain and so had decided to include others in their suffering. And so until that was addressed, we as the leadership asked that person to limit their, their speaking out in church, their participation. On Saturday, I felt very strongly that I should sit down and make out notes and, and explain to the congregation why this person had, made, had, been, had that request made of them. I called the ushers in and I said, listen, we're, I want you to be on alert. I'm expecting disruption this morning. I called the board members in and said, listen, keep your eyes open. Don't close them in prayer. Be aware that, and ready to respond today. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I just know that it's going to happen. I preached and we had had an altar call and I'd gone down and started praying with individuals. And this individual came to the platform, grabbed a mic, and said in a very loud voice, I want you to ask the pastor why I'm not allowed to speak publicly. Well, 
we liked the comfort of knowing what's going to happen next. Disruption like that can cause people to look for the exit. You know, like, what on earth is going on? And so because I'd been prepared, I walked up to the platform and I pulled out of the inside pocket my notes and I, and I gave the statement why and gave it very clearly, but not having to go into a lot of the details. And, and because I was prepared, it, it calmed the moment. It solved the difficulty. Following the lead of the Holy Spirit in every part of our lives. Some mornings I wake up and I'm reading through the Bible and all of a sudden a verse, a, a paragraph, a concept becomes alive to me. I, I'll read it, I'll reread it, I'll underline it, I'll meditate on it, I'll, I'll pray it out loud and head off into my day only to find that this verse has applications with everybody I meet that day. Holy Spirit providing and preparing me for the day. I, I'm often in, in meetings or in sessions that are way beyond my pay grade, and I'm not sure what to do. I, I, a question is answered or asked, and I haven't got an answer. And, and I have learned that I have to listen for Holy Spirit to give me an instruction. To, sometimes it's just to give me a question, to give me an insight. Several years ago, a young couple had been sent to me by family members that I knew. As a couple, they were having real difficulty in their marriage, and the family was hoping that somehow, some way, I could help. It was obvious that the couple didn't want to be there. It was obvious that they didn't trust me because they didn't know me. We didn't have relationship. And it was just one of the most awkward moments that, that you can imagine Questions that I asked were answered with a hoof or a yes or a no, which wasn't helpful at all. I'm, I'm trying to move this thing forward, trying to get to something that's helpful and, and not feeling like I'm succeeding when I hear a voice say to me, just like you can hear my voice this morning, ask them about the baby. They don't have a baby. They don't have any children. Ask them about the baby. I didn't respond at first because I knew they had, they had no children. And th that, that instruction, that, that word became more insistent. And so finally I said, can you tell me about the baby? The room got frigidly silent. I was looking for a hole that would be big enough to swallow me. Sure, just feeling so certain that I had made a big mistake. We sat there not for one minute, not for two minutes, but what felt like a half an hour, but I'm sure was closer to three or four minutes. When all of a sudden I saw the man with tears coming down his cheeks. In the early days of their relationship, they'd been expecting a baby. They'd lost the child. And no one had been there to help them with the loss. They kept it a secret. They didn't even tell their own family. It had not only been a source of pain, but of confusion. It had been driving them apart for almost two years. 
And, and that question that I would never have thought to have asked if I had not been counting on the leading of the Holy Spirit in that meeting would have never come out. And, and it was the key that unlocked the door and allowed them to come back. Every year I get a Christmas card from them and I love just knowing that Holy Spirit has kept that couple together and made them a prosperous family. And it, it just came out of that one question, tell me about the baby. I, I've learned that when I'm working and someone comes to mind that it's never a fluke of my memory. It's always, always, always the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's pray for this person. But more often than not, it's God saying, reach out to them. So, so I'll pick up my phone, I'll call, I'll text, I'll, I'll drop by. And it's never happened, not even once, that that person has said, go away, I'm too busy to talk. It always is. I'm so glad that you've reached out. I, I was just thinking, I was just feeling that I was alone and that no one cared, and here you are. And it's always my answer, God cares so much about you that he made sure that I was here today. In 2020, we were in the first days of COVID. We had met the Monday before, and, and Eric had said to me, listen, I think we should start preparing to go online. I said, oh, man, that seems like a lot of work. I, I don't think so. Let's just wait and see. And we, we got to Sunday, and we had finished the service here. We'd gone to Strathmore. We'd finished. And, and, and Jocelyn came in and said, hey, listen, um, school's just been canceled. And so we, we came in on Monday morning. And by Thursday, we had the first service wrapped and packaged, ready to go online. It was a confusing time. It was a crazy time. It was, a, it was a, the most frightening time in some ways. And, and I'd prayed and I'd asked God, what do we do as a church? And, and I thought that he might give us some, some wonderful plan, but he gave me this phrase. Bill, keep the main thing the main thing. Don't, don't get fit, focused in the political weeds. Don't get involved in the arguments and the disagreements. Jesus is our focus. Love God, love people, stay away from the fights and stay with the message of hope. Pray Romans chapter 13, support, help, love everyone who comes your way. It's a clear word that's kept me focused on our mission and kept our church family pretty united despite the vast spectrum of opinions and positions that are represented in the people that make this their church home. Keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus. In, in 2019, we were planning to launch our, our uh, Strathmore location, and, and I was on vacation during the summer, and I felt the Holy Spirit give me a very specific instruction for an offering that we were supposed to receive to get the equipment and the location set up for our services there. I, I've had him prompt me about offerings before, but this one was, was so clear. I heard clear steps spelled out. It was going to take us a month to get prepared uh, for the offering. And, and I had some very important instructions and components that, that needed to be fulfilled. I wasn't to worry about the outcome. God would look after that. God would take care. And he would answer bigger and better and more than I had asked, dreamed, or imagined. 
The important part about this offering wasn't the amount. The important part of this offering was that people would hear their number. Now, if you were here, you know what I'm talking about. But I, I asked people to pray. I asked people to ask God for the amount that they were supposed to give. I asked that if they were a couple, that they would seek those numbers separately and then check with one another. And, and that they would come to some kind of agreement through that. And, and I heard a lot of things during that month of preparation. Pastor, your goal is admirable, but, but it's a pretty high goal. This is, this is not a good year in the economy, Pastor. I know you don't listen to anything but CBC, and so you probably don't know this, but don't be disappointed if you don't reach your goal. Uh, but, but I knew that we were going to have success when I heard people say, Pastor, we have our number. We know what we're supposed to give. And that was the purpose of the offering altogether. We, we, were, we hear the voice of God speaking to us about our finances, something that we don't like speaking to anybody about. And, and it was that. The offering went way over target, but the, the important part of the exercise was that people heard God speak to them about finances. I've not always been a willing participant in allowing God to lead me in every area of my, my, my life. A few years ago, I'd been here for a Tuesday night prayer meeting, and I was packing up and getting ready to go home, and I had, it had been a really long, tiring, exhausting day. And I was planning on going home and going straight to bed, but I felt that I was to go to a certain business before I went home. I got into my car thinking that it was one of the locations that's just up the street north of us here. But as soon as I was in the car, I knew that it wasn't that location. It was the one in the far south. And I wasn't happy. And I grumbled and I complained and I even said something like this, God, this better be for a reason, it not just a wild goose chase. Like I said, not always a willing participant. I arrived at the location and got out of the car not knowing why I was there, what the purpose was, until I touched the handle of the front door. And when I touched the handle of the front door, I knew who was inside and I knew why they were there and I knew what I, my, my mission was. The person I was looking for wasn't from this church, but a person that I care for very deeply. And they were there to meet someone that wasn't their spouse. And it would have been a disaster had that plan gone through. And God was sending me to warn them to abandon the disastrous plan that they were about to enter. Imagine you're sitting in a location expecting one person and you look and up the aisle comes Bill Olson looking like he's hunting for your head. Imagine the surprise as they look up and see me and, and I announce that I knew why they were there. And that what was going on wasn't going to be allowed to happen. I want you to get up from where you're seated now and get to your car. They were just looking at me. But, but, but get to your car. <laughs> a 
my, my reluctant obedience helped save a family. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I, I tell you these stories not to, not to make you think that I lead this incredibly magical life. But I share it with you because what Holy Spirit does for me, how he leads, how he guides in every part of my life, he will do for you. He will do for you. He, he will help you work out that problem at work. He, he will give you into insight into your kids' situations, when you're to step back and when you're to step in. He will help you untangle the knots that are appearing, appearing in relationships. He, he will speak to you about your finances. Debbie, can you come to the, to the keys? He will prepare you for what's up the road. He, he will heal the hurts that have, have happened a hundred yards back. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That's what this next month is all about. You're learning to find, you're learning to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in every part of your lives so that you can live the extraordinary life that God meant for you to live. In, in these complex times, he will show you what to do. In, in a time where everybody is saying something different, he will speak clearly. He will speak authoritatively to you about what it is you're supposed to do. When he says, do not worry about this or that, then don't carry it around like a weight. Let it go. Focus on what he's told you to focus on. Keep the main thing, the main thing. When the noise of your time gets too loud, too chaotic, too confusing to discover what to do next, get quiet. Turn off the TV. Put the magazine down. Get together with the Holy Spirit and wait until he gives you his leading. I'm very aware that there are people in within the sound of my voice today. And there's this growing fear in you that the problem or problems that you face are unfixable. This, this panic comes that you've made a choice that was wrong. And now you're doomed. You're doomed to live out the horrible consequence. Hear me and hear me good. That is not the way God works. He redeems situations. He's the God whose name is the answer. The answer to every difficult, every impossible situation in question. We are certain of this, that all things will work together for good because of two factors. You love God and God has called you to his purposes. Paul says to you today, let the Holy Spirit guide every part of your life. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Ask for his help. Make room for him to speak to you. I pray several things over you this morning. 
I, I pray and I break the lie that you're not worth God's time and effort. I woke up this morning so aware that there are people who say, well, Bill, that's good for you, but I'm, I, I'm not in ministry. Yes, you are. You've been called by his purpose. You're as much in ministry as I am. You just have a, a more difficult congregation than I do. You're pastoring people who don't know that they're being pastored. You're loving people who are somewhat unlovely. I break the lie that you're not worth God's time and effort. That gnawing lie that says if God had something to say, he wouldn't waste his time. He wouldn't let him waste his breath on me. It's a lie. The truth is you're the apple of his eye. The truth is you're the focus of his attention. You're the, the target of his affection. He loves you. He loves you. I, I come against the lie that, that God doesn't speak a rhema word, a, a unique, specific word for this moment, this time. Jesus said, my sheep hear and know my voice. That, that you're not alone, that he is with you. He will lead, he will guide, he will settle. He'll give specific directions as he was with Moses, as he was with David, as he was with Paul and with Peter. He will be with you, leading you in every part of your life. I, I come against the, the chaotic noise in your world right now that keeps you from hearing Holy Spirit. Remember when we were talking about torment earlier in the service. It's just that nattering noise that, that squeezes out the still small voice of God. I come against the chaotic noise. Even as Jesus stood up in the boat and, and spoke to the storm and commanded the winds and the waves to stop, I say to you this morning, to the torment, to the pain, to the confusion, to the emotional mess that you face, peace be still. Peace be still. Be still and discover that God is in control. Be still and discover that he's interested. He's invested in your circumstances right here, right now. He knows better than you know what's going on. And he has an answer. And finally, I come against every threat that is targeting the roots of your faith and trust in Jesus. I declare that his word is true and that his promises are yes and let them be accomplished to those who believe. I speak life to your ability to hope, to believe for supernatural help. I speak strength to your spirit. Weariness will not, cannot win this battle. I speak wisdom. I speak insight from heaven that will be your inheritance. Will you stand with me? I hope that I've lit something of a, a bit of an exciting flame in your heart for what God's going to do in the month that is ahead. I'm thrilled I don't have to preach for, for a whole month. I just get to sit in the front row and say, go, go. But I know this. I know that God has been working in our hearts, in our lives, in our gatherings together. If you weren't here last Sunday, go back. I have a word that I, I feel was, a, was a, a very important word. Go back and listen to it. But I feel like that God has been leading and guiding and shifting us and getting us ready for something bigger. And this is part of it. 
so that you hear the voice of God and that you respond in every aspect of your life. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I love this house. I love the people of this house. I believe with all my heart that you've placed me here for such a time as this. I believe that you've brought brothers and sisters from the four corners of the world and that you've planted them on this corner for this time, for this purpose. That God, your Holy Spirit, would come in in a brand new Pentecost and would speak so clearly to us, would empower us in such a way that we would have the insider information on situations, that we would have the, the, the boldness, we would have the wisdom, we would have the courage, we would have the supernatural strength to address situations, wrestle them to the ground in the name of Jesus and stand as victors that can push open the gates for this community, for this city, for our province. And so, Father, I come and I pray right now a divine hunger into every heart, every life, not only in this room, but for all those that are watching online. I pray that we would wake up in the night listening for your voice. That, Father, those, those, those moments of stirring in our hearts where we think there's something more, there's something more, that we'd recognize that that's Holy Spirit drawing us deeper, bringing us deeper into your love, love, love. I'm praying for those that were coming to our house to speak to us. I'm praying that you'd give them the words, that you'd give them the keys that would start to unlock doors and closets and cupboards to the, to the fullness of who you are. That there'd be healing that takes place that there'd be life that comes, that there'd be understanding. There's some folks here this morning who, who God, they're standing in your presence and the, the, the situation seems to be overwhelming and they don't know what to do next. God, you're going to give them answers. You're going to give them step-by-step -step instruction. You're going to open doors that no man can close. You're going to close other doors that would be dangerous if we went through. God, we've shared all this from our heart, from our experience, so that you'd be glorified so that you would be able to say to someone, this is the way, walk in it, and they wouldn't be afraid of it because they know that you're a practical God who opens doors and leads us through to victory. God, make this month count. Make it powerful. Make it, make it a unifying month. Make it amazing for each and every one of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you.